Alright, rev your engines. Hello, We're everybody. At the starting line. We're in February. February. February 1. It, it <laughs> is business management and leadership yes, today. Yes, leadership. We're going to start this week off on fire. Do it. All Only right. because we can. Yeah. David, I want to ask everyone are you turned on or turned off by criticism? You had me it turned on and then it went terribly wrong. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I you know my opinion. You know exactly where I am, you know what type of leader I am. But I'm gonna say I, I immediately get this bar chart of the diversity of answers here. It's gonna be ninety ten, mm-hmm. I think at most. I agree about I ninety ten. People people do their level best to shy away from criticism, which is a shame. And if because we know, yeah, we do. We know. We know. We we we. One of our workshops is called "A Complaint Is a Gift," and oh my god, the people walk out of there with a totally different perspective. But walking in, it's almost fun to toy with them. Exactly. Yeah. You, the exercises that we do out people immediately. <laughs> Most people don't want criticism. I find it that if I look at if I get the criticism and it's not just a pot shot that's. Uh, a venting of anger or jealousy and it's there's some legitimacy to it i have just figured out where one of my blind spots is right and then i could be you know more prepared for the future it's a gift really is but unfortunately most people don't see it that way they do not see it that way which could be a good segue into our gift of the day that and here we go. A good leader makes their job look easy. Yes. An exceptional leader makes their job transparent. Wow. Delegation is easy. Mm-hmm. Leading by example creates lifelong disciples. Amen. Rolling up your sleeves, not your style. Mm. You're not an exceptional leader. And we fix that. I love this. I will tell you what. I have been a leader. I've been in business for well over a quarter of a century, both as an entrepreneur, but also in corporate world. And I can't tell you, and I have really no explanation as to how some people have gotten into the leadership role when they don't want to be on the floor with their boots on the ground. It's just ridiculous mm-hmm. to, to not show, to, to have that, that separation, right? They're autocratic leaders. They're top down. They are... You know, making that divide very clear and purposeful. And again, Michelle, what am I going to blame that on? Ego. Yeah, of course. It's it's two things. It's twofold. It's number one, to me, it's the ego. Look at me. I've got power. It's the other thing to me, though, is I put into question, do they really know what they're doing? Ah, uh, bingo. Yeah, I, I'm going to hide. I've got to hide the fact that I don't know what I'm doing or that I, I really talk a good game about caring about my staff and I really couldn't give a shit about them. Which is a direct result of ego. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. I'm gonna I'm gonna hide in my office. That's what I really just drives me friggin' crazy. Not accessible, no open door policy, no getting on the floor and being alongside. And when the going gets tough, they hide. And those are the those leaders have the biggest opinions. And they are comfortable hiding behind them. Yep. Oh, and they have the biggest opinions of themselves too. Mm-hmm. They're the first to brag True. about how good of a leader they are when they're, if they took a poll, their rating would be like rock bottom. And exactly. I, I remember, so coming from the dot-com industry and then merging into the healthcare industry was enlightening to say the least. I remember because I pushed reset on my career, I had to start from the bottom. 
and I'd been in leadership positions prior. So I was a unique guy that was on the boots on the ground, but had also had leadership skills. Mm -hmm. So when I remember we were short staffed, which <laughs> remember when you were short staffed in healthcare <laughs> <laughs> every day, exactly. every day, even, even in the, the crisis of COVID where, you know, people are unemployed you're still understaffed in healthcare, no matter what. It's just a, it's just a fact of healthcare. And if you're not aware of that, uh, you haven't been in healthcare. So I remember we we were super short staffed. It was a brand new building. We hadn't we hadn't ramped up our staffing quick enough, but we had a high acuity as far as our residents went. So we had a lot of need and not enough hands. The executive director, which is what you call the general manager in these buildings, was completely able was completely, you know, physically able to help us, but in the shorting the shortage of the staff, she just chose to sit in her office. Mm. And then when things ratcheted up and was like crisis level, we had a saying, and I'm not going to say her actual name. She's long retired, thank God. But I still protect people's anonymity. We'll call her Karen. Identity rather. Yeah, we'll call her Karen. Karen's perfect. We used to have a saying on the floor. And this was echoed through all of these poor caregivers who by the way, were lifelong caregivers. They had no hopes or aspirations to be in leadership. So they were basically victim to whatever the leadership was going to give them. I, on the other hand, was a rocket towards the moon. I wasn't going to be a caregiver very long, and I wasn't. But the saying among the staff was, when the going gets tough, Karen gets going. Meaning... <laughs> out the door. Out the door. <gasps> yes. Out the door. She always, and, and when things were bad, she would close her office door. So I took that and I thought, okay, uh, I'm really good at learning from people's successes, but I'm better from learning their mistakes. Agreed. So I, when I became an owner, an operator, and a manager, an, an executive director, and, and eventually became regional, I took all those memories and I put them into practice. Yeah. And you and lead it, by example. Absolutely. And I remember... When we had some issues with, I, I would come into buildings that were in crisis to turn them around. And nine times out of 10, the pre my predecessor was an autocratic, sit on your hands type of person. And so it was really easy to win over the staff. I could talk a good game, which I always did. I talked a great game and I would mm -hmm. tell them what their expectations should be of me, what my expectations were of them. But then I put it into practice. Mm -hmm. And I remember one time being in a suit, it was after hours and the building was a mess. The building was physically in a, in a state of disappointment, in my opinion, and embarrassment. And things like scrubbing toilets didn't seem to be on the radar of the personnel. So I, on my hands and knees, in my suit, was behind toilets, scrubbing behind toilets. And the staff saw it. It wasn't a publicity stunt. And I bet you the next time, it was oh, already done for you. I'm telling you, that... You know, because rumor mills are, are what they are. Yeah. And in healthcare, my God, if you want something disseminated, don't don't <laughs> announce it at a, at a team meeting. Just tell one or two people. Don't say anything. And, and tell them it's a secret. <laughs> and, and that'll go through quicker. So the people that witnessed me doing this broadcast it into the rumor mill mm -hmm. and the respect level ratcheted up the uh, devotion. And like I said, in the gift of the day, they became disciples. my disciples. Yes. And they didn't want to see me on the floor, but they just, just that, that show of solidarity, that, that show that no, no job is 
too big or too small for me, then mm-hmm. I'm not going to ask my staff to do something that I haven't done myself already or wouldn't do was a huge gesture that won them over. But then I take it to the next level. There was a staffing shortage, as there always is. And I remember when we had a resident come back who had just come back from skilled nursing. And I know I bag on skilled nursing every now and then. But this woman was filthy. She came back mm. and, and she was heavily incontinent. She had some sores in her peri area. And she needed to be bathed. But she was a two-person bathe. She was a two-person transfer and bathe. And she was a big woman. So picture this. I've got a whole team of these dainty Filipinas that are maybe a, a 100 pounds at most mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to tackle this woman and her care. And, of course, the woman's freaking out because she doesn't feel safe. And I, I can totally see why. Right. right. So I put on the gloves. I put on an apron. And I got in there and I helped bathe. And, oh, the things I saw, I saw, it was very enlightening. First of all, you know, the state that she came back in, it, it was important that I did see the skin break down. And I'm going to spare you some of the details of the yeast I found oh, yeah, yeah. and where I found it. But I, I was there scrubbing her and soothing her and talking to her at, through the process, telling her that she, reminding her that she's safe and that we wanted her, we were so happy to see her back and anticipating the, the meal she was going to get because her main complaint and skill was that the food was dog. That just mm. blew the minds of my staff that I would go in and actually be a part of the care. And and that, as a caregiver by heart, that's that's what energized me. And again, that's why I think two things are in play here with these these managers. Number one, they don't have the leadership skills to say, all right, I'm going to jump in and do this. They also don't have the empathy in their heart. Yes. This is just a job to them. They're a number cruncher. They like to open up that Excel spreadsheet, look at the pro forma, look at the budget, and tinker with numbers rather than be engaged physically with the staff mm-hmm. and with the, the residents themselves, the patients. Well, word got out to the family that I'd stepped in because this woman was screaming praise from the mountaintops to her family raving about the fact do you know who gave me a bath today yeah the head honcho and what what's that that underlying is you know who showed me basic human kindness exactly you made them feel like a person yep who was loved yep so the family the family couldn't have been more impressed here's where things go south okay the family writes a letter to the corporate office now, it's a letter of accolade. Oh. It's a letter praising my my deeds okay. about how I get on the floor, how I'm, I'm present on the floor, how I'm reachable, how I'm engaged, how I care, and that I, I went to the, the highest level, which was to give a personal bath for this woman. Now, in a, in a normal world, in a world that makes sense, I would have gotten some level of recognition from the corporate office. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I got instead? I can only imagine. I got a phone call stating that I have no business being on the it's floor. It's not your job. It's not my job. And that if this got out to the other properties, the other managers would take exception to it because it's not what we would call standard policy and procedure. That they would feel... Uh, either a level of new obligation to engage with their residents. I'm like, uh, and that's bad. How exactly did you, is that what you kind of 
yeah, where, what do you say to that? So my initial, my initial thought was, okay, I'm an empowering leader. You wanted somebody who's leading by example. You're, this particular property is tanking. Now I've got the M word behind me, which is morale from my staff. You're going right. to see a massive change. Oh, by the way, not that you're hearing any of this, it will affect your bottom line, yeah, P&Ls. Absolutely. So to be engaged is, you know, and then I, I stopped in my tracks and I realized, now I realize why this building was tanking. Mm-hmm. Because the leadership at the very top was not promoting engagement. And they scorned me for getting on the floor. That's crazy. You belong in your office. You need to be crunching these numbers. You need to be a leadership from the top and looking down at the 10,000 from the 10,000 foot level. Yeah. I'm all, oh, hell no. Bye. And your only comeback needs to be, you give me one month and we'll see. Oh, right. Right. No, I didn't last very long there. Uh, There there were a whole lot of other things. I'm like, okay, you hired me to fix things, but you're tripping over yourself. You're not allowing me to actually have the autonomy to change because your, your game plan is what you want me to stick to. Your game plan is flawed. That wasn't working in the past. Right. Your game plan's flawed. I'm sorry. You're a lost cause. And then I would move on. And then there are other companies that were like, oh my God, that's the best thing. We're going to have everybody you know, in, in management take a day of the month and pour coffee in the dining room and touch tables. Beautiful. And mm-hmm. we're going to have them lead an activity. You would swear to God that I created <laughs> some sort of monster. The other executive director was all, thanks a lot. Wow. I'm all like, you guys need to go. Go go work in another industry. If you don't want to be engaged with your patients, with your residents, you don't belong here. Exactly. Ridiculous. That right. is just nuts to yeah. me. Yeah. But believable. I'll tell you what, though. What it did was it exposed the ignorance and the, the lack of education that created the animosity. You can let the tail wag the dog, but you're not going to change the direction of the wag. And that's that was the problem that I had. My mm-hmm. Most of my cohorts were not on board with doing the right thing. I'm just here to clock in at eight and clock out at five and collect my paycheck. I'm going to collect my paycheck and do as little as I possibly can. And most of it's going to be staring at a computer screen, uh, managing, you know, employee issues. It's like, you know what? Let me, let me drill this down for you. And this is as a consultant, what I would do. I can take a few numbers from your pro forma and I can tell you what kind of morale you have. Your turnover report, your overtime report, and your mm-hmm. workers' comp claims. Exactly. So you're in there managing reactively these issues that are happening. If you'd been proactive, none of those numbers would be in existence. Yep. Simple stuff, man. Simple stuff, but most people don't see it. And it's, and it's it. so circular. You know, you're getting o- o- OT because people are calling in sick because they don't right. feel like being there. Or they're just and a so job abandonment because they yeah. can. They're going to go next door for the same amount of pay and maybe have better leadership. Or maybe not. But they don't want to be here. That's for sure. That's apparent. People, this is not rocket science. It's so simple. And it's always been the same answer. Just do the right thing. Mm -hmm. You stumble over yourself to go out of your way to try to make a buck by cutting corners. And then you go into bankruptcy. Yep. You got to get uncomfortable by taking action. Absolutely. 100%. Think out of the box. Make some moves that, you know, are risk-taking by getting on my knees to, to clean the bathroom floor. Yeah. How much of a risk was that? Very little. How much was the reward? Risk versus reward. Come yep. on, man. Tenfold. All right. That almost started to go in the rant zone. Yep, so but it didn't. I hear the bell ringing. Michelle, what is our homework today? I think this is a fun one. 
because it, it's creative. So leader, not a leader, it doesn't matter what your capacity is. I like Today, that. you're going to assume a leadership role. Beautiful. It doesn't matter if you are restocking shelves, whistle while you work. There you go. Are you helping a customer over the phone? Do the unexpected and anticipate their next question. Love it. Go above and beyond. Do something yeah. out of the ordinary to make it extraordinary. I like that. So that even if they're not in a leadership role as far as the title, they can posture leadership. And before long, it's going to be recognized and they will be in a leadership role. Exactly. I love this. It's a great formula for success, Michelle. Fantastic homework assignment. And it should be done every day, not just today. Done every day. We're consistently. just spurring you today. Yeah. Yeah. And be in love with what you do. And if you don't love what you do, quit and find what you love to do. Exactly. <laughs> Passion drives everything. Mm -hmm. So if you're, you're like, oh, I couldn't even see myself whistling at work. You're at the wrong work. Exactly. Yep. Beautiful. And with that, we've got a great segue into all the wisdom bombs that were dropped today. Lots and lots of wisdom bombs. Things that are, you know, ex leading by example, but from the field, like solid examples. Michelle, what was your MGM today? I'm going to piggy off piggyback off what you just said. A good leader makes their job look easy. I like it. Boom. 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 Get out there and fly that kite. Yako Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to today's gift of the day. Check back tomorrow for another gift from your friends at the Red Kite Movement.